Hello, our podcast is about staying connected with the people of our communities, their families, businesses, special events, and personal life issues. This is Bethany and Dr. Sarah with Staying Connected in the Wiregrass, and this is episode 11. All right, well, welcome to all of our listeners today. We are certainly thankful that you are able to join us, and we hope that you and your families are safe during this season and that you are practicing by wearing your mask and your social distancing. And so today we are talking on the topic of homeschooling. We know that many of the parents are facing challenges because perhaps this is their first time um, homeschooling. But we have with us today uh, Miss Portia, and she is what I would consider a veteran at um, homeschooling. She's also my daughter. And she has been homeschooling now for, I believe, three years. She has also welcomed her kindergartner into the preschool experience. And so we're going to be interviewing her today um, with the hope that we can help some of you moms transition into homeschooling and to do so successfully. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us to uh, you can email me, Bethany at trpdothan.com. Portia, do you have an email that you wouldn't mind listeners emailing you if they have questions? Actually, I have a um, Instagram that is called uh, Boy Mom Times 3 and they can follow me on there and they can direct message me if they have any questions. So again, that's Boy Mom, the um, X symbol, 3, and the number 3. Portia, first of all, tell us what made you homeschool. Well, first off, let me just say hello to all the listeners and thank you all for um, inviting me on this wonderful podcast. I truly appreciate this opportunity. And so to answer your question, what caused me to put my oldest son into homeschool was that I was kind of over the brick and mortar kind of environment. And the reason being is because educational wise, he was great. Um, he had good grades. His behavior was uh, terrific. However, the environment I felt was unhealthy, you know, it wasn't kept well. And so he continued, he had been like getting viruses. He had like a few stomach viruses and things like that. And so he was going to school and he was getting those right. And then he would come home. And then now, of course, he has a younger brother, his dad and I. And so now we're affected by the virus. So my last straw was I went to him to school one morning. He wasn't there. I want to say he was there maybe an hour or so. The school nurse called and said, well, we need you to, Miss McArthur, could you come and pick the Anthony up? He's vomiting really bad. He's feverish. He's shaking. And I'm like, boy, I just took him to school. So, of course, I rushed back out. By the time I get to the school, he, I mean, he looked like a completely different child. And I was just like, whoa. So we left. I immediately took him to emergency room. When I got there, they had diagnosed him with pneumonia. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to do whatever it takes to put my son in homeschool because I cannot afford for him uh, to keep getting ill by being in school. And so that's what originally led to me just going full-time homeschool. Okay, so basically what our parents are fearing now, of course, we know when you're Speaking in terms of virus, you're not talking about COVID-19. You're speaking in terms of just other uh, bacterial viruses that children can like come in contact with when they're in school. So many of our parents, we understand, which is why we brought a homeschool mom in 
um, because Bethany and I are not homeschool parents, but we wanted to bring someone in that we felt our parents could relate to. We know that a lot of our parents that are homeschooling have some of the same fears. We want to make sure that we let it be known that we're not speaking against the safety of any school. We're just basically here to try and support and give whatever suggestions and tips that we can to those that are homeschooling, whether your child is going to return back to public school or their school once it is safe or not. So we're just here to offer whatever suggestions and advice that we can give you at this time. We understand that you began uh, homeschooling and Bethany, before I ask a question, do you have a question on uh, what we've heard so far? Well, I just want to know, because I know he was in public school and then you transitioned him to homeschool. So could you tell us like how that transition went for you and for your son? Well, for me, honestly, I was already pretty much a stay-at-home mom. Um, I wasn't working at, at all. Their dad just worked. So I was pretty much already at home. So for me, the transition uh, wasn't as hard. It was just more so getting into the um, routine of just doing everyday work and making sure that he stayed organized and focused and creating that environment for him. For him, however, it was kind of bumpy, but it wasn't too, too bad. Because um, being honest, he did not mind being at home, you know, of course, with me and his brother. However, I think um, at times he may have missed the social uh, part of it, like the, the students that he had gotten to know while in school and, you know, going to recess and things like that. So as far as that part, that was a little harder for him to come to grips with more so than anything. But as far as just being home on the daily, I think he enjoyed that part. But we did have to kind of get him into, like I said, the routine of, okay, it's just us now, you know, you aren't going to be around those friends that you used to be around and just getting him to focus because sometimes when they're at home, you know, it's more comfort, it's familiar to them. So they tend to want to play more and do more. So I had to uh, kind of help him understand that there's a time to play and then there's a time for work. And so once we kind of got that under control, we were great. Yeah, that's a very good point. One of the things that I've noticed on social media with some of my friends and even during the research is that a lot of moms are struggling with getting their their children to pay attention and to focus. And so, again, we know that this is a transition and a readjustment. We're saying to our, our moms, stay calm. I don't think that there is a perfect system but after you learn to put a routine in place and you have a system in place, I believe that you can do it successfully. So let me ask you this too, Portia. What was some of the things that you had to change uh, in order to adapt, say, like daily lessons and your lesson plan for school? Let me just say this um, in regards to the last question as well. After you had made the comment, I thought of something. For moms, you know, that are going through this right now, of course, like you said, the hardest part is getting them to focus and everything. I think one of the other things that I've learned over the time period is creating the learning environment. And so a lot of times, uh, you know, you think that, okay, well, we're at home. We can just do regular stuff, how we've been doing it. I did things like put things on the wall, like maps 
and numbers and things like that to kind of give it more of a homeschool or school environment. My son referred to his area as his office, you know, so he didn't think of it as, oh, I'm in my room or I'm in, you know, this part of the house, the family room. He looked at it as his office. And so if they say, for example, they're in the room and they have toys, you may have to remove them from that because when they see toys, they think, okay, it's time to play. And so that was just something I wanted to say. You have to create the school or the environment for learning. Okay. And in regards to this question, I did in, um, initiate daily plans because, honestly, it helps you to stay more organized. If you just try to wing it, then you find yourself kind of all over the place, kind of confused. You're confused. They're confused. You're frustrated. They're frustrated. So I had to um, create daily plans even based on um, his level of excitement for a subject. So, for example, if I knew that in the morning, for example, we would start off with math because he was good at math, but math wasn't as exciting, okay? So we would go ahead and get that over with. And then toward the end of the day, when he may be getting a little tired, I would do something more exciting like science because he enjoys science and he liked doing projects. So that'll kind of keep him uh, pumped up to end the day. But we switch it each day. We may do different, like I said, lessons in different class every day but more so based on his energy and how he may be feeling. Do you get your coursework from the school? Do you have to like keep in contact with the school every so often as well? Actually, the program that my son went through, um, it, it was not re in relation to the school that he was attending. It was actually through another program. They do give curriculum that you can go off of. However, they allow you to kind of go at your own pace and create your own way of doing it. And so, yes, he has the different subjects. He has uh, the different lessons. However, like I said, we can kind of create our own routine and our own pace based on that, even to the point where they take breaks, you know, because it can be very um, overwhelming. They get tired. We get tired. The goal is to keep everyone involved, everyone engaged. And so, yes, we have lesson plans, but we even initiate breaks where they go outside and they may play for an hour. We do lunch and everything. Even if I need a break, just as a mom, to get my mind together, we um, have time to restock and for that as well. So, yes, the schooling that I went through, they do give uh, lessons, but you still go at your own. What about keeping a support system within that school system, within the homeschool system? Can you reach out to the teachers or the staff to help if you run into any type of technical difficulties or difficulties with any of the assignments? Yes. I will say they are very great at that. They have a staff of teachers that are great that you can contact. Most communication is through email. However, they do give um, out their numbers and extensions if you uh, just need to call them. But most of the time, the communication is done through email. They are very prompt at responding to the emails. And then they have a separate department for tech support. So if you're having an issue with your computer or your online system, then you can contact the tech support and they will try their best to help you out. They even do maintenance on the system and updates, and they are very good at letting you know when they'll do that. So they'll tell you when the system may be down so that you'll know, okay, well, for this time period, we won't be able to go online, but we can do offline work. 
And so, yes, they are very good at that. And like I said, very good at being able to contact teachers. And they even have support group for like, well, they call us learning coaches. So you can contact other learning coaches that are able to kind of help you or would be seasoned or veterans that can kind of give you a little guidance um, if you're struggling as a learning coach at home. And I personally, like I said, I have the Instagram and I even give tips on like my Facebook for moms or parents who are in need. So I um, also feel like I offer that a little bit if someone is in need or need advice regarding home. Yeah, we talked about that. Bethany and I had that conversation as well about, you know, creating a support system within your community, not just an online system, but we know that we're practicing social distancing. However, just like what you said, perhaps someone that's on Instagram or on some form of social media or those that are within the community, you can call or text or email just so that you can get some type of support. We understand that the transition was a little smoother for you because you were already homeschooling. But have you noticed or had conversation with moms that are homeschooling simply because of the pandemic? And if so, uh, what have they shared with you about their, their concerns or their experiences? Honestly, I haven't had as much um, direct communication with moms who are homeschooling. However, like uh, we stated throughout this um, interview, there is so much on social media nowadays that you don't really have to even uh, communicate by, say, phone. You could just kind of go on there and see. Um, and so I've seen a lot of my friends and it's people, individuals on my timeline uh, kind of go into detail about their homeschool experience. And most of them, to be honest, are having a hard time because it wasn't like they made the choice. A lot of them kind of were forced into it or felt obligated due to the pandemic. So it's a struggle for quite a bit of moms dealing with the idea of having to teach their students or their children because they have not had to do this ever. And I think it brings about a new appreciation to teachers, you know, because they now get to see what what teachers deal with, say, on a daily basis, even in regards to their children or, uh, you know, just seeing other parents uh, with their children. And so they have a new appreciation for uh, teachers and what they deal with on a daily basis because here you're dealing with, say, one or two children, and then they deal with a classroom full. So you can only imagine uh, some of the things that they um, face. And so um, I've noticed that it's been very hard. You sometimes sit back and giggle a little bit, you know, just to see how it is for everyone. But, you know, I think with patience and time, you know, it'll get better. I know it's hard for the parents and kids and teachers now because they weren't expecting this year to be virtual. So it's like they have to shift their whole plans. And I've heard from a lot of parents that the schools, some of it's unorganized and they don't know what's going on day to day. And I've heard that parents are calling into the schools, but they're not getting calls returned. And I think it's just an overflow of people calling in and just not enough people to return those phone calls. So I know that's a big struggle for the parents and their kids as well, too. Yeah, and I do have a couple of friends that are principals, and I will say that I was very impressed with the way that some of them, what they did, one of them in particular, is she 
scheduled training. They had a training for the staff and they did that, you know, via Zoom so that all of the staff members could be abreast of what was actually happening. They went into the school and made sure that they had certain things, you know, set up so that because I think some of the students are receiving information correspondence. I don't think that all of what they're doing is online. And so, I, again, I was really impressed with the way that some of the principals did extensive training with the staff to help them transition so that they can be supportive to the parents as well as they themselves get online and be able to teach effectively and to give the children a quality uh, education that they so deserve. It is unfortunate that we are still battling with this, and it is my belief that it will continue with us for a while. And so I did, I appreciate what Portia just said. We just have to hang in there. We learn from experiences like this. Who knows? Just like she tried it and, and she became a learning coach. Um, and here she is offering information to other parents to help them. You might end up liking it. Some people may even change their careers. And as she also stated, just having more of an appreciation for the teachers you know, of what they go through each and every day to teach our children and that they too at times need a break, understanding why they demand higher pay. And I think that it's really bringing us closer together as a community than what we ever imagined because we're really in this together. We have become one another's support systems, and I think parents, remember, it used to be just parent-teacher conference, but now parents and teachers are having to partner and have conversations over lessons, and, you know, even with, I think, the thing for children is the socialization. A lot of parents are concerned about their children being able to socialize with other children. No, people are still practicing social distancing and still wearing the mask. Some things is just not going to be the way that it was. We just have to kind of wait it out and focus on the part that we can change and allow the part that we cannot just leave it where it is until you know, we can do something about it. But it's really good to, to hear that there are positive homeschooling experiences. Some parents can't do it. They are like, I can't, <laughs> this is difficult. One, one mom in particular saw it on social media yesterday and she was talking about how she had to teach then lunch to be the lunch aide and the, the physical coach. And it was just hilarious because I'm like, you really do. One parent, you know, there are cases where fathers are helping, yeah. but in most cases, it seems as if it's the mom who's really, you know, taking on this um, task. And so uh, one of the other ladies commented and, and told her, you know, about hats off to her because there's more to us than what we can imagine. And just look at what one person in school, generally it's that one teacher and then they pass you on to the next teacher and then you got lunch and all of that. But that one person is having to teach the courses, do the recess, fix the lunch. So that is a lot. So we want to go ahead and commend every mom, every dad, all of you parents that you just had to do this. You, you weren't expecting it, but you're doing it and you're going to get through this and your family's going to be a lot closer, I believe, uh, because of it. What do you what do you feel about that, Portia? How is your experience with having all of to wear all of those hats? Believe it or not, it's a great experience now more than anything. Of course, like I said, when we first uh, began this transition, 
we had to get into a routine. You know, we had to get an understanding, okay, this is how it's going to go. Um, I had to come to grips with, okay, this is not exactly the same as just being a stay-at-home mommy. So because there, one is at school, I could be at home, one is in the room, maybe playing, and I could do whatever, whereas now it's like you're on a schedule. And so um, I had to do stuff like meal prep, like tomorrow this is what we're going to have for lunch you know, each day to have it kind of, like I said, organized. Um, I think one of the greatest joys, though, is when you look at it, not more so as a job or task per se, because that can become a little more frustrating if you're looking at it like that. But if you look at it as a a bonding experience or if you look at it as this is my opportunity to make sure that my child is learning exactly what they need to learn to have a successful life. They're eating exactly what they need to eat to have a healthy body. I will say that ever since my son has not been sick, not to that Now, he may deal with, like, he has bronchitis, so, of course, seasonal allergies and things like that may affect him. But as far as viruses and uh, flus and things like that, he has not dealt with that. And so... I take joy in knowing that I'm able to know what he eats, you know, and I'm able to fix some healthy food, like I said, and to just have that bonding time um, with him and knowing what he, what they're learning. And so I think if more parents look at it like that, then they'll begin to see the experience become a lot smoother and a lot more enjoyable for both them and their children. And so I think it's, like I said before, it's going to take patience. It takes time, but also know that it's not, you know, it's going to be a little hard at times. So allow yourself to um, go through those as well, those emotions of frustration and, oh, you know, and disappointment even at times. But just allow yourself to uh, transition through those emotions, and over time it'll get better. Yeah, very, very good point. I like that choice of word to not look at it, at it as a task but more so a bonding period. Very good choice, very good perspective. And again, I don't know about you, Bethany, but I'm learning more than I actually thought I knew about this homeschooling experience. How about you? Yeah, no, I am too. I mean, it's hard too because you're homeschooling all day and like you were saying earlier, you don't get a break because normally you get you would your kids would be at school during the day and then you'd get them at night. But there is no break from morning lunch, afternoon, dinner, evening time. Like it's you and the kid all the time. So I guess, I mean, I get it's going to be super stressful. Portia, if it's ever stressful with homeschooling, like you and your son, how do you overcome that? What advice can you give the parents who are experiencing that stress? Honestly, yes, it does become a stressful at times. And that's why I say you have to kind of allow yourself to go and know that it's okay. For me, I have a, my oldest will be 10 this month. I have a, my five-year-old, he just turned five in August, um, who's going through the kindergarten phase. And then I also have a one-year-old uh, who just turned one on the 31st. And I'm expecting a baby number four, okay? So for a mom who say, like me, who has more than one child, you know, it can become a stressful situation because uh, for, say, my oldest, if he's doing schoolwork now because it's his third year, 
he's a lot more experienced, okay, to where he can kind of go off and I can trust that he's going to do the work. If he needs help, he'll come and ask. Whereas my five-year-old, because this is his first time, you know, he's still going through that phase of wanting to play and wanting to watch his, uh, YouTube and do different things. So it's sometimes a little more stressful, if I be honest with him, because I have to stop, kind of give him those talks like, son, okay, this is what we're going to do. We have to focus. And then, of course, having a one girl who has to be put down for a nap and they all have to do their different things because they're all in different phases of life. Be honest with yourself to say, yes, it can be overwhelming and it can be stressful. For me, what I do in those times, um, I just stop. We stop everything. And I do at times have to allow them to just, okay, you go ahead, take a break, go watch YouTube for a minute. You go draw a picture and then uh, say like my one-year-old, uh, feed him or put him down for a nap. Once he's down, then we can kind of regroup and get back to work. And even if I myself have to go and sit in my room or watch my a TV show for a minute just to calm my nerves, I do that. And, it, and understand, again, it is okay. You need, because if you try to work through it, a lot of times that's, it just becomes more and more frustrating. You, become, uh, you start yelling or you get upset. And so I would recommend that you just stop what you're doing and allow everybody to kind of regroup. Even if it's going out of the house, sometimes we'll stop, we'll go to, uh, if we have to run an errand, you know, we'll do that. Give everybody a moment in the car to kind of relax, catch some fresh air, and then we'll come back. So I think that whatever, you know, makes you feel kind of relaxed, that's important to do. That was a really good question, Bethany. Thank you. And, And what an answer that. I was going to also add to that answer, or your grandmother can come over and just kind of disrupt everything like I do and throw everybody <laughs> off of schedule. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, you know, they resume. But basically, and you know what, again, I was telling uh, Bethany this earlier that we are a homeschool family. When, before Portia actually started homeschooling, I was homeschooling my oldest grandson. And then I started homeschooling her son. We had kind of introduced them to the concept of homeschooling. Didn't go as far, you know, as she did. But I I did introduce that to them because they were, you know, at home during the summer. And then when fall came, as far as my oldest grandson, I just kind of kept him going. We did learn. Portia was one of the teachers. My other daughter took them out for recess while I would be cooking lunch, and then I would have my session to teach. We had our own curriculum, you know, because they weren't at the time. My oldest grandson was kindergarten. Then he went into first grade. But I developed all of the curriculum uh, myself that we were teaching them with. And so they kind of had, like I said, the concept of homeschooling. But then when she was able to do it, of course, it was more effectively because you had a whole system in place where you can, they were now on the computers and even um, our kindergartner, he has a tablet. We learned how to pause. And I think that's just a part of life. Sometimes you just have to press the pause button and then reset, reset when you can. And what great information we're receiving today to be able to help our homeschool parents. You're not alone in this. As Bethany stated, if you need someone to call, you can call her. You can DM, I think it is, Portia on Instagram. Look her up on Instagram. You could even call me if you just need that life coach experience 
at 334-655-3925. If you just need to pause for a moment and then reset, we're here to try and do all that we can uh, to stay connected with our community and to support our community. And I tell you, this is a tremendous responsibility, but I believe that, as Portia stated, once this is over, we're going to be seeing a lot of pat on the back. I just think that families are going to be much stronger and their, their love is just going to be more unconditional when even the dad, when they see what mom has to go through and when mom see dad pitching in and the children see that happening for those that are, you know, have uh, both parents at home. And of course, we know for single moms, it's a lot more difficult. We're, we're here to assist you in whatever way that we can. And if you have any questions, please, please, we're not going to stop this today. We're going to continue this topic because we want to be able to answer all of your questions if we can and to also bring you more insight from another parent's point of view who is also yes. homeschooling during this season, too. When you mentioned about us being a homeschool family, um, it just that that's very much so true. Um, that's where it began. But I also want to say that that is also another way to um, kind of help situation or to help everyone. If you have children that are younger, you know, or not quite school age. So like I said before, I have Lee Anthony who was already in homeschool, but Martin wasn't of school age yet. But what I did do was involve him even in the program. So he would sit in, um, in on some of the lessons and then I would give him like little work to do. And so now that he's in kindergarten, some of the um, even computer uh, lessons or classes, he kind of knows how to go about with the computer on his own because he watched um, Leanthony. So if anyone has children that are not quite a school age, involve them in their older sibling schooling. That's exciting as well for them. And it can help them advance where when they do get in school, it's not such um, a hard thing to get used to. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Porsche. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to Staying Connected in the Wiregrass. Brought to you by The Radio People.